Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Today's guest is Brenda Williams, a certified personal coach and energy leadership master practitioner. Through, among other things, webinars, workshops, and her more than 25 years of coaching experience, she helps her clients shift their mindsets from I can't to I know I can. I look forward to chatting with Brenda about her pre-entrepreneur days, her motivation for going solo, and her biggest mistake as an entrepreneur. Let's bring her in now. Hello, Brenda. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hi. Good, good afternoon, Neil. How are you today? I'm doing great. First question, what was the last employee job you had before you became self-employed? Well, I was providing IT consulting services, which I did for over 20 years. Um, And I worked with, you know, fairly large-sized companies and providing uh, consulting services. Um, And I I was very good at it. Okay. So what exactly motivated you to leave IT consulting and start your own business? Well, it started, I was sitting on the beach in Cancun, And somebody said to me, what is your purpose in life? And I had never been asked that That's a weird question. Especially on the beach in Cancun, right? So it really took me a while. I started thinking about it. I couldn't forget about that question. And I started really thinking about my life. And, um, you know, I had a successful career. I'd been doing really well. I was traveling. I had company cars. I mean, life had gone pretty pretty good. And it was like purpose. I'd never been asked that. It wasn't something I grew up with uh, being asked. And it's not something they definitely talk about in the school system. So I started really contemplating, and I went on a journey of self-discovery. And it was really a life-changing experience for me. Because as I started to do that, I started to take a deep dive and a a really hard look in the mirror at who I was, who I'd become, what my life was about. I started sharing the journey with people. And I was amazed at how many people uh, over business lunches would say they weren't happy in their jobs, they weren't happy in their marriages, they had problems with people at the office. And it really amazed me how many people had just fallen asleep at the wheel and we're doing things that they really didn't enjoy doing anymore. And they would just settle Yeah, I think there's something to be said about that. I, I, I know, no one's ever asked me that question on a beach anywhere. But I, I think I know for a fact, just like you heard from your, your, the people at your lunches, there are a lot of people out there that kind of just 
do what they do because it's all it's been what they've always done. You don't even think about it after a while. It's just it's almost as if their life is on autopilot. So it's great that there are people like you out there that help people pass that those type of issues. A question I have that I often ask people that that come on the podcast is people that start their own businesses. A lot of times they have to deal with fear. And it can be fear of a lot of things, fear of not getting a paycheck every other week anymore, fear of losing benefits, you know, just fear of not having a company backing you anymore and being completely on your own. Did you come across any fear when you started your business? And if you did, how would you get past it? Well, absolutely. I don't think anybody uh, – well, if they're out there, I'd love to meet them. But I think most people are going to have some fear attached with it. I mean, that's why most people stay in their comfort zones, because of fear of change and the unknown. So absolutely. The reason – the way I overcame it was the journey that I was on was a very intense um, spiritual journey, and not from a godlike way, but more like from really getting clarity on who I was and what I wanted and what I was passionate about. And I realized that part of what I was doing in the business world – was my my biggest passion, which was the coaching and the mentoring of people. And so to overcome the fear, a few things had to happen. I had to uh, become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's really the first thing (laughs) that you have to do. And it sounds easy, but it's really challenging at times. And I think a big part is having faith and belief um, so that if you – Take the time to really follow your purpose and your passion. And you go the extra mile. And I think the universe will start providing for you. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big believer in, you know, the law of attraction where you sit home and you visualize a check showing up in the mail and you don't have to do anything. <laughs> so that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about believing, having faith, um, and knowing you're not always going to have the answers. You're not always going to be in control. And being willing to accept that that's the way it's going to be, that's part of the journey. Acceptance is part of it. Living in the present moment and not worrying about what might happen, what could go wrong, is another very important piece. So those were some of the things that I had to focus on because, of course, we can all get caught up in, oh, my God, what if I can't pay my bills? And what if this doesn't work out? And would I ever get another job? And, I mean, the things that can fly through our, our heads and our minds, that's, that's what paralyzes a lot of people from taking chance and risk and living their purpose and their passion in life. So really being in the present moment and believing it's possible is the first step. I, you know what, I think you're right about that, Brenda, and I, I fully agree with you when when you say that, you know, you can't just sit at home and, and wish for a check to come in the mail and not do anything and, and it shows up. Yeah, you, you said the universe will provide, but um, you also got to put the work in and, and then the universe will provide. It's kind of, you know, you have to do your part for the universe and then do its part. So tell me a bit about the your current business. What exactly do you do and what do you provide clients with? Well, what I currently do is provide coaching, consulting, and training. And I started out following my passion, which was the coaching. And I took it very seriously. A lot of people, you know, leave their corporate jobs and say they're a coach. I took 20 years of experience and also went and got certified in three different 
uh, programs and have credentials and uh, different approaches and tools and resources. Uh, so that's what, how the coaching started. And then I quickly realized as I was coaching people through the self-discovery process and creating awareness and clarity and helping them get focused, I realized that there were skill sets people needed to have in order to be successful in life. And so, <coughs> excuse me, that's how the consulting and the training quickly followed. Okay, so when you say when you say you have to be or you got certified in in various I guess uh, modalities or I'm not exactly sure what the the term is, do those various coaching um, I guess certifications do they conflict with each other or are they or are they complementary? I'm sorry, do they what? Do they conflict with each other at all or are they are they complementary? No, I'm absolutely. Just curious as I, to... I, I, yeah, they're complementary. So what I did was, as we just mentioned earlier, our mindset is the first and foremost, being consciously aware of your thoughts and your emotions and how you're reacting to situations. Are you taking action or not? Uh, fear is part of it. But I started with a program called Energy Leadership, which provides seven levels of effective thinking. It helps you get clarity around your mindset, and it helps you hit the pause button when you're being challenged. You know, we're all going to be challenged. I'm a coach. I teach this. I preach it. I live it. I breathe it. And I still get challenged. So having a tool and a resource where you can hit the pause button and say, where's my head at today? Am I thinking in a, you know, an anabolic positive energy where I'm excited and I believe things are going to happen and I'm focused on the solution? Or am I having one of those days where everything's gone wrong and I'm slipping to frustration and maybe a little anger um, being consciously aware of your thoughts is what one of my biggest programs is all about because that carries through with us to everything we do from how we wake up in the morning talking about our day and how great it's going to be or how we're going to deal with difficult people and difficult situations along the way. So, yeah, okay. of course, the second part. So all of the programs um, – complement each other. The other one is focused on business emotional intelligence, which helps the leaders as well be very successful in becoming aware of their emotions and how it directly affects their relationships, how they lead themselves and others. It teaches them how to lead people, inspire and mentor them. It also teaches them how to read people and understand how to adapt their approach to the person that they're working with or communicating with so that they can be more successful. Interesting. So if a company gets in, in touch with you, do they typically know what they want, or do you basically have to talk to them and then and then basically, well, I wouldn't say tell them, but help them, essentially coach them as to what kind of um, help that you can provide? I mean, when people, when people get in touch with you, do they kind of know what they want already? No, it really varies from person to person. Uh, when it comes to the business world, uh, they know what their problem is. And so they usually see there's a roadblock. You know, and, and I coach different types of people. These days I have some parents calling me to, to coach you know, their, their young adults that are getting out of college and they don't know where they want to go and they don't know how to get there or they, just, they don't even know how to interview. So career coaching is part of what I do. Um, and that, that really bridges the gap of consulting. So when, when you're looking for a career, obviously you know, hey, I'm not getting a job or I'm not getting promoted, uh, and I don't know why. So what's standing in my way? 
when I work with them to find out and discover and uncover what, what's happening. What are they doing? What are they saying? How are they showing up? And that one, uh, when it comes to career coaching, is, is pretty simple and straightforward. But others will come and say, I just don't know what my purpose and passion is or how to get there. That takes a little more soul searching. So sometimes, you know, the, the coaching is a thought-provoking discovery process. It helps people think about things they've never thought about. It helps them uh, look at life from a different vantage point as well as their business. And it helps them to look at new perspectives and challenge their beliefs and their thinking and open up their mind to look at how does the rest of the world see this situation. And when you adapt and modify and you start looking around and opening up your mind and, and your heart and your soul and you start looking at not the, the, the rest of the world doesn't always see things the way I do. So I'm able to help them start looking at that and discovering, you know, what are some of the challenges they've been having that are directly related to that? So they don't always know why they're having challenges. Uh, but I specialize in uh, communication, helping people build extraordinary relationships by mastering the art of communication and using emotional intelligence. And it's funny because when I first started this journey and they said, what do you want to specialize in? That was a very challenging question. But I realized after all of these years of being in the business world, almost every challenge I hear about is around people communicating and relating, whether it's a client, a boss, a peer, a coworker, um, and then it goes all the way to your home life. So almost everything we do, we have to communicate and relate to other people. And excellent, excellent. So another question that I had, though, it, it, in terms of people that are interested in getting, you know, leaving their corporate jobs and, and starting life as an entrepreneur, a lot of them worry about finding clients and you know, back when they were on, when, back when they were employees, they weren't responsible for getting clients. Most people. So, what do you do to get clients? At least when you first started, and even now. Well, I think depending on the business you're in, that that answer is going to vary. Uh, but first and foremost, look at what you've done in the past that you can uh, leverage from. So I was in the business world for many years. So I looked at my networking that I had done, the relationships that I have built, and I started there. And then I looked out at who, were, who was doing what I wanted to do, how were they approaching it, and I examined and explored many different avenues of what I could do. And I picked the ones that resonated with me, that either I thought I would enjoy the most or I would be the best at. So coaching and speaking, coaching quickly turned into speaking. So I went out to a lot of different organizations and educate and provide knowledge and, and um, resources to a lot of different nonprofit organizations. I speak and teach inside companies. And those turn into clients. Because when you speak to someone about what you do and you can find the people that have a need and stay in touch with them over time, eventually – they usually call you. So it's okay, really so you are actually the one that was approaching these uh, companies or, or organizations, offering them value, and then they were bringing you back for, for to, to do more training or more coaching or more consulting? 
Yeah, so that works in uh, two different ways. Individuals will be at an event, and maybe they need to coach themselves. Or maybe they work inside an organization or they own a business, and they say, oh, well, I've got some employees we're having challenges with. Let's do a workshop to help shift the culture and the mindset. So I've picked up clients and, and met some amazing people doing, doing just that, speaking and coaching and helping others. But that's just one of the avenues. You know, you always have to put on a sales hat no matter what business you own, and that's pick up the phone, it's call people, it's get out there, it's network, it's shaking hands, it's getting involved in the community, it's figuring out how can I help others, how can I give back, how does my service or my business help others, and where could I meet the people that would have that need? So in essence, you have to put on a sales hat. Oh, wow. So you actually go and call businesses or co-organizations to, I guess, pitch your services. Absolutely. Do you use social media at all? (laughs) Do I what? Do you use social media at all? Yes, I do. I actually have uh, some part-time people working with me on building uh, the social media efforts. And uh, it's funny you invited me to be on your podcast today because I'm starting my own podcast. And we're going to be promoting that on social media. And I created a leadership program, and I wrote a book that I also promote on social media. So you got to get creative in how you find your clients. And sales and marketing is an important hat everybody needs to wear as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Brenda. Another question that I have is, you know, when you work as, in, as an entrepreneur, there are going to be times when business is going really well and the money's coming in, but then there's going to be some not-so-great times when the money isn't coming in as, as you would like. If you've dealt with this in the past, how do you keep, how do you, I guess, address, you know, going, you know, keep the, the fact that you want to keep going during those lean times? There's two parts to that. Well, first and foremost, you need to have some reserves in the bank. So anybody that wants to leave their corporate job, I would recommend that they figure out what do you have to invest in the business and and how long can you survive. It's important to have some money to start a business. But most importantly, it's the mindset you walk through with each day. Because I I always say now that if everybody started out as, you know, working as an entrepreneur, once you had a job, you'd appreciate and value everybody on the team, no matter who they were, versus some of us might complain about some of our team members. And when you recognize as an entrepreneur, you're wearing the hats of a lot of people. You're going to be challenged. There's going to be days where it might bring you to your knees. And so you've got to keep that positive mindset. And whether that's lean on the financial side or it's just you're having a lot of challenges and obstacles coming your way, You have to stay focused on why you started this in the first place. And if you're following your passion and your purpose, connecting to that. For me, I get to connect to how many people I've been able to help and knowing that I've made a difference in their lives. That's the most rewarding thing that I could ever do. So when I'm having a challenging day, I remind myself how amazing it is to be able to do that, to be able to help coach others and mentor them so they can live better lives. So, For those out out there that are listening, connect to why did you start your business in the first place? And remember that there's always going to be challenges and obstacles in every business. 
There'll be lean time. So learn from those efforts. If you've made some mistakes, look at what you can do differently next time. And very, very important piece is having some reserves in the bank. When it's going well, invest back in the company and make sure that you're prepared when there is a rainy day. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Brenda. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a number of people on this podcast so far, and some of them, it's, it's just like you said, some of them, it's, we, you know, I kept my full-time employee job while I was doing the entrepreneur job part-time until the entrepreneur job could fully support me, and then I, I left the, you know, the, the corporate job. And I guess it, it, all de- it all depends on, you know, with different people. You know, one one issue I think a lot of, of people also when they're starting out their businesses is, is really knowing where they want to where they need to spend their money. As, as you said, you know, you need to have money to start a business, but you have to be really mindful on you know the more effective ways to spend your money. When you first started out, what did you make a priority on spending on, and what did you not make a priority on spending on? What was most important for you to spend money on? Well. I think most businesses either provide a product or a service. So obviously you have to have your product or your service in place. Uh, But how are you going to market it? Those are really the crucial things. Return on investment. I find that, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this. As an entrepreneur, you end up wearing a lot of hats. Sometimes you're sales, sometimes you're marketing, sometimes you're presenting, uh, sometimes you're doing accounting. Uh, I was at my chiropractor this morning, and I asked him some of these questions, and he, he was right with me on some of his challenges and his obstacles. And he said that's been one of his, is i got to wear a lot of hats, i got to be able to adapt. So what's a skimp on? If you have enough money, Don't skimp on farming things out and finding the right vendors and resources that can help and support you. Spend your time on what you're good at and what you enjoy. If you're in a situation where you don't have the money to do that, what are the important facets that are going to bring clients to you and get your product or service to market the quickest? So for me, the most important thing was to make sure I had resources and tools that I would be the best coach available. And so I am, I am the product. I am the one that's teaching people and coaching them. So I invested in that for a year before I even started the business. While I was investing in building the portfolio of resources and tools, I ended up building the website and getting things rolling there. Now, one of the things I've skimped on over the, you know, starting out is not having, you know, that admin person, the person who's going to help you in the office with the filing and, and um, all of the back office support, which I enjoy doing the least, but it freed me up to use my money to bring in more business, to build the, the portfolio of services that I have for them. So I think everybody yeah, needs to ask them. ROI. Yeah, ROI is the key word. Yeah, I think Return you're absolutely on right about that. Return on investment, absolutely. So now that you've been a business owner for quite some time, and I'm sure you've been able to reflect on, you know, your your journey at you know, going from where you were as an IT consultant to where you are now as a, as a coach, a trainer, and a consultant. Looking back on your entrepreneurial life, what has been the biggest mistake you've made? Well, the biggest mistake would be not investing in that help in the office. <laughs> that's one thing. 
so I've changed that. Now I've hired a group of part-time people. And if you're a small entrepreneurial company, this, this is one of, the, one of the biggest mistakes. There's been a few. <laughs> so I could throw a couple out there. Um, what's going to happen is you're going to try and do as much as you can. And when you start hiring people, you try to hire that one, one or two people that can do everything. And what I've learned is you can't do that. People specialize in certain areas. So if you're going to hire employees or even vendors, find out what their specialty is. And if you need to hire two or three people to help you, hire three part-time people or just consultants that work as you need them. Because I had hired some friends, which was a mistake, and I had hired some people that I thought could do the jobs of two people. And then I was trying to stretch them out of their comfort zone, and they they weren't really um, capable. So if you need a marketing person, find an awesome marketing person. If you need a salesperson, find that person. Find the person that specializes. And most importantly, one of my biggest lessons learned is you have to have life balance. And I know entrepreneurs are going to kick back on this. And I teach life balance, and I, I made this mistake myself. I started working around the clock. I started spending less time with my friends. You know, oh, I'll skip this workout. And you're not in life balance. You're not taking care of your health. You're not laughing. You're not having joy. It's all about building the business. Relate to that, Neil? Have, have some of your entrepreneurs told you about the hours they put in? Oh, uh, absolutely. And I, I, I fully agree with you that if your work-life balance is off, I'm, I'm thinking that you're not going to be your best self for your clients. So it's really important that you take care of yourself first before you can really take care of anybody else. Kind of like when you're on an, an airplane, and the story says you need to put your, your mask on before you put on anyone else's. I kind of make, make a, that, that same analogy. But uh, I fully agree with you. The, it's really important. Well, it's, it's, it's great if you can't afford to farm out the things that you're not good at or don't know about to, to others because, really, you'll pay for it in terms of time or money. So if you're, you're paying for it in, term, in terms of time, then that's you having to learn how to do all these various things and likely, it's likely you're not going to be as good as someone who specializes in it. And then if you're paying for any money, then obviously you have to find the money to be able to pay these other people, but at least, you know, the, the learning curve is lower and you get your, you know, your product or your service out a lot more quickly. So, you know, there's definitely Absolutely. pros and cons to it. But I definitely would say, you know, if you have the money, pay the money. <laughs> Absolutely. You, and you need to find those people that can help you get where you want to go. And I think another lesson learned was if they're not working out, don't take too long to cut the string. You need to move on to find that person that can help you get where you want to go. Absolutely. I fully agree with you there. Yes, but you definitely don't want to prolong the, the inevitable. You know, Brenda, this has been really, this has been an education. I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. I've learned quite a bit. How can people find you? Well, I'll throw my number out there because I always welcome phone calls. I love personally connecting. My number is 714-283-1186. Again, 714-283-1186. And you can also visit my website where I offer a um, complimentary leadership program as well as a book on the seven secrets to successful communication. And there you can go to Academy for FOR Leadership communication.com All right, Academy for Leadership Communications.com Communication with an S? 
No S. Oh, no S. Okay. There's Academy for Leadership Communication, uh, singular, dot com, and the number yes. is 714-283-1186. Again, Brenda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Good luck to all of you entrepreneurs. Thank you all for tuning in to Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, you can visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from my website in addition to a link to the podcast from the website as well. Until next time, please take care.